in our passage today in Philippians chapter 2. I want to to be as simple as possible. I want to ask one question, give one direction, and give one illustration of how we're to carry out that direction. And these come from simply what the Apostle Paul tells to the Christians at Philippians And what we learn from his teaching 2,000 years later. Philippians chapter 2, we'll be reading verses 1 through 11, and I'm reading from the message this morning. If you're physically able, would you please stand? If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with one another. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to all the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity, and he took on the status of a slave. Became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life, and then died a selfless, obedient death. The worst kind of death at that. A crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything ever. So that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those long ago dead and buried, will bow in worship before this Jesus Christ and call out in praise that he is the master of all to the glorious honor of God the Father. Let us pray. Oh, God in heaven, you and your glorious plan sent your son, Jesus. Long before any clever marketing agency came up with the phrase, sending when you care enough to send your very best, you loved us enough to send your very best. As your word says, your only begotten son. You loved us enough that you sacrificed your all. You gave everything that we might not perish but have everlasting life. Father, help us to understand this mind of Christ that you've called us to have. To live with that as we walk with one another. 
to become more like Jesus. Not simply in some superficial way that we are Christian-ish, but rather that we are Christ-like. Father, we pray and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So here's the question. Have you gotten anything out of this Jesus stuff? Honest question. You don't have to say the answer out loud. We've all seen the commercial on TV, right? There's some things that don't need to be heard. You know, there's people going on. Someone says, I looked up divorce attorneys eight times today, you know, and then somebody else says, my credit card number is 8253, you know, and, and, and it says, hey, there's some things people don't need to hear. Well, you don't have to tell your answer to anybody else, but right now, have you gotten anything out of this Jesus stuff in your life? You don't have to give the Sunday school answer, the church answer, because you're not giving the answer to anybody but yourself. But Paul straight up asked that question to the Christians at Philippi, and I'm straight up asking that question to those of you who are listening to my voice right now. Has this whole Jesus thing meant anything to you? Anything at all? That's how he put it. He said, look, has it made a difference? Has Jesus' love meant a dadgum thing? Has has having a church family, has that ever affected you in any way? Has, Has the love of God, has the body of Christ, has the blessings of a Christian family, have any of those things ever touched you at all? And Paul said, look, in other words, look, if if you can say, hey, I've done this Christian thing, and really, quite frankly, it hadn't made any difference for me at all. Paul says, well, maybe maybe I don't have anything to say to you. But Paul says, if you have the real deal, if you've really been touched, if your answer is in the affirmative, if, yes, the love of Jesus Christ has touched and transformed my life, I got a favor I would like for you to do. I mean, just if you, if you can say, hey, God's done something for me, maybe here's a little something you can do back for him. Has this Jesus thing done anything for you? That's the question. If the answer is yes, move on with me to the second point, the direction. If the answer is yes, this Jesus thing means something to you, then do what? Live in love and unity. Live in love and unity with other believers. Here's how he says it. Agree with one another. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't uh, sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside. Help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. If Jesus means anything to you, if he's ever meant anything to you, then Paul says... That ought to affect not just your thoughts heavenward. It's not only that Jesus meaning something to you should not just mean that you say, Oh, praise Jesus. I love Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. But if you say, I love Jesus, that should mean I love people. I love Jesus should mean I'm going to walk in unity with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I love Jesus means I'm going to take care about how I treat 
men and women and boys and girls. My love for God, my understanding of how he's loved me and what he's done for me makes a difference in how I treat other people. If this is real, then this should be real. This should affect this. Our vertical relationship with God in heaven should affect the horizontal relationship, us as humans to other human beings. And so he says, look, if this God thing, if this Jesus thing makes any difference to you at all, love people. Don't just act like you love them. Don't just act friendly. Be a true friend. Don't just pretend to be loving. Actually love them. Uh, Don't just, you know, be kind-ish, kindly. Show deep kindness and generosity and love toward other people. It should make a real difference. And you should do this at the expense of thinking about yourself constantly and your own wants, needs, desires, feelings, expectations. Stop and put those things aside for a moment and think about others. That's the direction. Question, does the Jesus stuff matter to you? If yes, then prove it. Then show it by living in deep love and unity with other believers. How do we get there? What does that even look like? How does that become more than just words that we say? How is that bigger than just Christianese, some kind of religious talk that we make? Paul says, I'll tell you how. I've got the ultimate illustration, the ultimate example, and his name is Jesus. He says this, have the mind of Christ. That's our ultimate illustration for how we go about it. The ultimate example, the ultimate model, the name above all names, Jesus. Look at what he did. We're at a time in our country where there are words that I never really thought were all that controversial, but are are very controversial today. Words like power, privilege, authority. Those are hot-button words right now. Those words are, can flare up a lot of emotions right now. And talking about society and how we relate to one another and, and how things are and how things should be. And Paul calls upon us to emulate the person who had all power and authority and privilege. Every bit of it. Jesus Christ had all of that. And he said, have the mind of Christ. Now this verse used to really blow me away because I interpreted it when I read it. I would interpret it like this. Hey Tim, Christian, what I want you to do is have the brain of Jesus. And I thought, whoa. How am I supposed to have the brain of Jesus? I mean, he knows everything. I can't do this. But he didn't say have the brain of Jesus. 
He didn't say have the intellect of Jesus, have the smarts of Jesus. He said have the mind of Christ. And that word is talking about a mindset or an attitude. We can share an attitude. Have you ever noticed how attitudes are contagious? You know, Attitudes are really contagious. I, I see moms especially are like, eh, you know, like you, you know, if kids like one starts getting a bad attitude and then, and, and you know, grumbling is contagious. Have you ever noticed that or complaining or you know, have you ever noticed you get to a point where like, like nobody's hungry and then one person is hungry and all of a sudden everybody's hungry. You know, it's, it's funny. Attitudes can be so contagious. All of a sudden we want to be like everybody else. And Paul says we need to get our attitude, we need to get our mindset from Jesus. Here's the thing about authority and privilege and power. <laughs> Regardless of all the theories that are out there, we could, we could talk all day long about, about these theories and mindsets. And, but here's one thing that we, we all know in general, that even the good guys, the good people, the folks that consider themselves good people, when we have some ability, some power, some authority, if we're good, then we say, I want to use this power or ability or authority for good, right? It's kind of the whole Spider-Man thing, you know, with great, what is it? There you go. With great power comes great responsibility. All right. So Peter Parker knows that. We, the superheroes, all know that, or they should. And we're supposed to have that, that idea. But the idea of sharing power or authority, or even greater than that, the idea of giving up power or authority that is a foreign mindset. That is a, that's a crazy idea for us to willingly say, I'm going to be able to just not just use my power and my authority for good. You know, normally we're just happy when someone in power or authority is actually doing right. You know, we're ready to vote for them. We're ready to support them. We're happy. Hey, they're a benevolent dictator or hey, they're a good leader. You know, they're doing what's right with their power or their authority. But someone to say, not only am I going to do right with my power or authority, not only am I even going to share it, but for someone to come to a point where they say, I care so much about the people under my power and under my authority that for their own good, if what they need is for me to lay down my power and authority, I'll do it. Because Jesus Christ made that decision for you and I. The Bible tells us that he saw his power and his authority, his equality with God. He saw that not as something to be exploited, not as something to be taken advantage of, not as something like, oh, I'm a million, billion, trillion times more powerful than them, and I can use them as my little playthings and not feel bad about anything that happens to them. That was never his mindset. The Bible says he saw his authority, his equality with God, not as something to be taken advantage of, not as something to be exploited, but rather, the Bible says, he humbled himself. He, some translations even say he emptied himself. That is, he willingly let go 
of the glory and the splendor and the power. He released that and took on the form of a human. The God of the universe who had authority over all things became a slave, became a servant for our sakes, that he might humbly live a life and take on our sins, might live a perfect life, not once giving in to the temptation of sins, and not only that, he would take on the punishment for all the sins, not only that he never committed, but all those that we all committed and all those that we will commit. He chose to humbly serve. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. The worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. And if its story stopped there, we might say, what a fool. And the world would look at anyone who lives like this and would say, what a fool. Why would they ever do that? Because the Bible tells us that the foolishness, the foolishness of God is greater than the wisdom of all mankind. But Paul goes on and says, because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything ever, so that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those long ago dead and buried, will bow and worship before this Jesus Christ and will call out in praise that he is the master of all to the glorious honor of God the Father. And the lesson is, if you're worried about getting your due, you don't have to worry. God will make sure that you get your due. God will make sure that he recognizes you, which is the ultimate recognition, greater than any you can ever force or build or set up or spin for yourself. Paul's question is simple. Does this Jesus stuff, this Holy Spirit, this family of Christ, does it mean anything to you? If the answer is yes, honor God by deeply loving and caring for the other believers. How do we do that? By following in the same attitude that Jesus had. An attitude that doesn't look at what I have and what I've been given as a means of making my own way and my own advantage. Rather, it looks at what I've been given in terms of talents, time, abilities, resources, everything I have. It looks at what I've been given and says, how can I use that to build God's kingdom and to bless his people? How can I use that to touch the lives of those around me. And Paul says, guess what? If you live that way, not only will you please God, but you'll never have to worry about recognition because the ultimate and greatest recognition will come from God the Father. 
And he'll make sure that he puts you exactly where you need to be put. If this Jesus stuff matters to you, if you really love him, then you show it by the way you love and live with others who have called upon his name, with others who were created by him. Would you pray with me, please? Father God, we are blessed so much. And yet, Lord, we want to take those blessings. We want to take that mercy and we want to take that grace. And then we want to turn around and demand justice from others. We want to demand full accounting. We want to demand exactly what we're due so often. We want to demand our rights and our everything that we want. And God, and you've blessed us with mercy and grace. Lord, help us to have a mindset like Jesus that quits thinking about ourselves all the time, that learns to look unselfishly at how we can touch and bless and love others just like you have loved on us. May our minds be like Christ, and may that attitude be contagious and catching. May it spread from Christ to us and from us to others. Father, we pray and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.